construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, we're back for another week of the Flagstick Podcast, uh, presented uh, again this week by our good buddies at uh, Golf PEI. Uh, golf Prince Edward Island is a premier Canadian golf destination boasting the most number of golf courses per capita in the country with over 400 fairways closer than you can imagine, top-tiered accommodations, and exquisite culinary experiences. It is the easiest golf vacation you will ever book. Book those vacations and tee times at golfpei.ca. Um, obviously, we want uh, we want to make sure that you're following us across all of our social media networks, so let's get that out of the way. Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, Threads. Threads? Uh, subscribe Barely. on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and obviously our YouTube channel is where we want you to spend most of your time uh, when you're not uh, following us on social media. So get over to the YouTube channel, uh, like us, and click the notification bell, and make sure that you never miss a single episode of all of what we do. Mm. Um, yeah, thre- Threads has not really taken off as much as people maybe hoped it would, but hey, why I not? mention it because just there. I mean, we have it's another. Account. It's another one of those. Uh, it's yeah. a thread count. Oh my god! Mm. Unbelievable. All right. All right let- What's going on, Jeffrey? Ah, you know, it's playoff season for hockey, so there's that. <laughs> we lost last night. Um, tough game. Tough, tough, tough. Oh, man, tough game. Uh, we tied it with two minutes left in the game, and the ref waved, waved the goal off. Uh, Just to let people know, this is not Jeff playing. This is Jeff coaching. Yeah, this is definitely not me playing. <laughs> none, of this bo- none of this body can handle playing hockey anymore. Coaching and teaching and instructing, much like uh, – Mr. Yeah. McLeod does there with uh, with golf, um, though he can still play golf at a very high level. I cannot play hockey at a very high level anymore. Um, anyway, I was actually golf. at a teaching. I was actually at a teaching conference on on Monday at the National Golf Club yes. of Canada. Which yes, was, uh, it was actually it was it was good to see um, about twenty or so pros that were invited, and obviously a great setting there uh, in Vaughan, Ontario, Woodbridge. And uh, yeah, a lot of our a lot of our friends and uh, a few people got to meet some uh, younger pros that uh, hadn't met before, but maybe met across social and um, you know familiar with uh, with Flagstick as well. So uh, it was good to see them all. So shout out to all those uh, people who are in our community and listen to the podcast. Actually. We we do like it when we hear about people who are familiar with Flagstick. Yeah, it's not a bad. I thing. mean, we've only been around for what twenty year twenty eight. Uh, twenty eight years. Nine. Twenty eight. Twenty nine. Twenty eight. I think it's twenty eight. Year twenty eight. You know, after a while, I mean, I know, I know, companies count their anniversaries and all that kind of stuff, but really, after a while, the yeah, year the years just become one big blur. So if it's yeah. twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, whatever, we'll figure it out when it's thirty, and we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> it's Get just more funny far. when you're talking i can't to these, even think that far yeah. ahead anymore you start, you start talking to some of these young guys or whatever and then you realize oh when you know we started covering golf they weren't alive but, i know uh, i mean it's funny some of the young ones some of the younger ones probably are not really even that familiar with the with the actual print magazine oh no i mean that's you know print magazines are kind of not on their radar or whatever i mean they follow us on social media or or whatever the case may be but um that would be instagram x 
TikTok, yes, exactly. Facebook, exactly. and Threads. <laughs> yeah. In case yeah. you're wondering what social media we're talking about, uh, it's just funny and YouTube, uh, and it's also <laughs> just funny to sit in those rooms now and realize, you know, I, I still feel like I'm the 21 year old in the room, but then I also realize I quickly realize that you know I'm the gray hair. So um, yeah, I don't feel it, like that. I don't. Feel I don't like feel like anymore it. at all. I'm yeah. I'm coaching hockey with two guys that are not that have kids the same age as my youngest, obviously right. Brandon, and yeah. these guys are younger than me. And oh, it's, yeah. it's just I feel it's like you know some one of them just had a, had a birthday, and and I'm like, oh really? That's great. Well, how old are you now? And they tell me I'm like, what? Exactly. <laughs> what the, what the I, don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, I'm just gonna turn around and go get uh, myself a coffee at the canteen now. Yeah. Thanks. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I will say, and this is gonna make you cry though, when we're up there. The uh weather is fantastic. Obviously, it's warming up here. But yeah, there yeah. was no there was no snow, and literally it looked like I could walk down to 18 there at the national and just make a nice double bogey. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it literally, it looks like AstroTurf. Uh it was just yeah, it's amazing. But there are golf courses open here uh, in Ontario, Canada, down in the uh, southwestern part of uh, the province. A number of them, actually. Uh, Tarandawa had a successful last weekend. Um, got another one. I think it's called Knollwood is open. Uh, Pine Knot down in Dorchester is supposed to be open as well. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, obviously golfers, you know, if they get the opportunity to get out in February, um, they're they're on it as opposed to our friends down east which uh you know they got unbelievable hammered, hammered so that is insane you know, that is an insane amount of snow like did. how do you even dig out from that like honestly how Slowly. i remember we had we had a really really big one years ago and it yep. was probably half as big oh, as yeah. what they've gone like i yeah. think we went by like 70 or 80 centimeters of snow i remember cars being covered you know, mm -hmm. snow banks up to my shoulder, things like that. But these are snow banks over people's heads. These are oh, yeah. like 12 foot, 15 foot drifts. Yeah. Um, I saw a picture of a Canadian tire store where the guy yeah, was standing in, in front Charlton. of it. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. like, and it's like the snow is up to three quarters the height of the door. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you get, how do you, where do you put it? After you get the... that much of it, once you start clearing it, where do you put it? That's that's the problem. So so hopefully for our friends down east, uh, especially in Nova Scotia and, and Prince Edward Island, uh, hopefully they're out of. How are your parents? Soon. They're they're fine. <laughs> Eventually, they. Did your dad like, even bother going out to clear the snow, or just say he, forget he it? We got to, enough food and stuff. Yeah, We're good. He finally had to, I think, give up on the idea that you know he usually goes out and kind of takes care of himself. They occasionally used to get some you know some help, some people that would come and you know kind of plow. But yeah, they had to hire someone. Uh, to get to to take care of that and i mean the roads are just unbelievable and and uh you know really i mean kudos to anybody that 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 can deal with that um you know they were having a fairly calm mild winter and yeah. then all of a sudden that happens so um hopefully things warm up and we get a reduction in that soon for them but uh, anyways all right well let's warm up the rest of the show here so you got it what um, else we got going look on? It. we do have a good show um as we always do uh, patting ourselves on the back, of course. Um, Before we gonna... start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No matter what happens, it's a good show. On the front nine, we're going to catch up on, obviously, some of the latest news and whatnot, um, yep. some hot topics. Um, on the back nine, we're going to talk about the uh, revitalization of Myrtle Beach as a golf destination. Um, 
place that we've been numerous times. Um, lots of Just people have been numerous times. <laughs> And we've got, you know, we've got some some interesting tidbits to share about some of our, our sojourns to Myrtle Beach, uh, some very mm-hmm. unique, some that nobody else has ever experienced. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you that. Yeah, um, for sure. But we will uh, we'll touch on all that in the back nine. But let's get to the front nine presented by Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Um, it's hard to believe, but golf season is really closer than you think. Uh, do not start uh preparing too late prepare now for the upcoming golf season uh get your memberships get on waiting lists join leagues purchase some game packs and be ready to hit the first tee in the spring as soon as things are ready to go visit metcalfgolf.com to shop now Mm -hmm. all right well as we jump into the front nine yeah jump Um, jump jump yeah, we, we jump. No, jump, not dive. no, we're not jumping. See, I specifically jumping, didn't say dive, and you went and threw it out there. Uh, I stayed clear. Belly flop into the front. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, first thing we want to get into uh, discussing is, um, yeah, albeit for some people, it's the kind of news that they're like, well, who the heck cares? Like, yeah, I don't really, I doesn't really matter. I don't really care. But the topic of the OVG intersectionals. Uh, for those in the know, those that, yep. uh, you know, around Eastern Ontario that have been part of Sweet. the intersectional programs for years, understand what has been going on between mm-hmm. the OVJ and the National Golf Course Owners Association, particularly the courses that uh, from this region. Um, and it's kind of been one of those things where um, you hate you hate to kind of see that so then butting heads over it. There's really no reason to butt heads over it. They just got to kind of figure it out because the intersectionals are very important to the region. Yeah. Um, but it appears as though um, they have figured out a resolution to the problem. Yeah. And with which... respect, with respect particularly to the rotation and the hosting duties, which was mm-hmm. probably one of the bigger issues. Um mm-hmm. And you yeah, were and, kind of and, notified about what was going on, and I found out. And... Yeah. Let's, uh, I mean, first off, let's clarify. Uh, OVJ is the Ottawa Valley Golf Association. For people who are, are, are interested, it's an association of the, the yeah, it's affiliated basically with Quebec Golf Association and, Ontario, and Golf Ontario. Uh, and it obviously surrounds the Ottawa Valley. Intersectionals, you know, it's inter-club matches that, that take place uh, annually. They've taken place for a lot of years. They happen in uh, five different sections as far as men, women, seniors on both sides, and juniors as well. And maybe not, uh, maybe people are not quite as aware, even the people that are in the OVGA, that there were some things bubbling uh, last year and there was not really any resolution to it or whatever uh, it was sort of basically a uh, you know a group of the owners sort of came forward and said hey uh, we feel like we're unfairly hosting too often uh, and people should realize that this is done sort of on a reciprocal basis so you know the costs being incurred some of those clubs felt they were incurring more costs than other clubs and that it, it wasn't quite fair um, again maybe some people weren't uh, a privy to the fact that that was sort of happening um, um, obviously they have to sort it out. The OVGA is, you know, a cooperative association, but they don't own any golf courses. So, you know, they can't just dictate here's how things are going to happen. And things have changed over the years. You know, we Big go time. back to the orig- original intersectionals, you know, it was only a few clubs. Now we have a lot of clubs. We have a lot of sections that are happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get a club that 
has to host four times within a year, um, they're incurring, you know, real costs yeah. and their T-sheets as well are under pressure uh, from both their members and, and public play and so forth. So they had to come up with a reasonable solution. And while, you know, I did hear a couple of people bristle that, oh, you know, it's tradition, you do this and do that. Well, they have to understand it's still a business. And for these clubs, this was real. So basically, you know, without getting too much into it and people can go on flagstick.com and check it out, they basically came up with a new rotation, a new way for clubs to host so that it's all evened out so that clubs will only be hosting on a rotational basis where they're not going to see it every single year yeah. back at their place uh, just because of the position they end up in their section. So while people, some people will go, okay, well, we don't get an advantage for, you know, hosting of one way or the other. You know what? Your players are your advantage more than the golf course is. And in the end, there has to be a compromise uh, between the owners. And I think one of the other bonuses out of this as well is I think because there's going to be uh, less pressure on particular golf courses, if they're, they feel like they're having to host all the time, they might be more amenable to host some of the other OBJ events. Whereas maybe they were bristling a little bit in the fact that, you know, they were put under this pressure to host the intersectionals a number of times, number of times. And then they're like, yeah, we don't really want to host one of the other tournaments. So I think it's a it's a wise solution. It's a collaborative solution. And I think in the end, as you said, it, it really comes down to uh, everybody working together to sort something out that everybody can agree on. Yeah, and and again, yeah, go go over to flagstick.com to read the whole story, uh, people, because um, getting into details. it, uh, trying to describe all the details uh, on the show right now would be, uh, you know, it'd be a lot of work. But um, to your point. You know, I had a conversation with an OVJ official um, yesterday or the day before about this, and and I kind of reiterated to him the same thing that you just said there, where the OVGA, uh, for all the good that the OVGA does, and it does do a lot of good, so let's clarify that. Um, what's lost on this is that the OVGA, as a golf association, owns nothing. Right. And the golf course owners are the ones with all of the leverage when it comes to these kinds of events. It's their facility. And when they give up their golf course or they they host, that's that's fine. I, I you know, it the whole, you know, we host, we bring other clubs here and all that. That's great. Except when they host, that's essentially a day of green fees mm -hmm. for a golf course that's not a private facility. Mm -hmm. At a private facility, it's a little bit different because even though they're giving up the golf course, they're not giving up any revenue because right. they've already to speak of. There may yeah, be some. They, there may be some F and B revenue. Yeah, but, they have to provide the B. Right, so. but they're not giving up revenue coming in the door on green fees. Whereas a right. public or a semi-private facility that's open to the public on a weekend because the intersectionals, you know, generally, generally speaking, on Sundays, yeah. Sundays, sometimes Mondays, depending on which yep. one it is, but weekends. That's a sig. I mean, can you give up a Sunday of revenue for a public facility. That's a lot of money. Yeah, you know, sure. to give up. So there had to be some kind of resolution, some kind of solution. And I think the one that they've come up with is um, as amicable a solution as could possibly come up with. And as long as as long as it thing, you know, they adhere to it, and there's no more complaints. I don't think that we'll have any more significant run-ins about all of this and i yeah. think that's important because you got to put this in place and put it behind you so you can move forward mm -hmm. as i said the intersectionals to me are are the premier um amateur next to the flagstick open 
Um, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I had to say it. Um, the, it, it is yeah. it is a highlight event of yeah. the year. It's it's you know just incorporates so many players. Yeah, and so many it's clubs, just so. and it's all over, and it's just yeah. you know. It, it and people have to more... realize this. This is not done to punish you know a no. particular places or whatever. And I, I think that you know I saw that on social media. A few people you know thinking this was somehow taking away their advantage from being you know oh well you know we dominate so we're losing out on this. No, you have to think of the bigger picture really. And I mean if you want the if you want the continuity of this event that's happened for decades this this is how it's got to happen well i dominate i mean the ones that are saying things like this you know you know what you need to pick up the phone and call and contact your your course owner because they might not share the same opinion as you do about you know mm-hmm. being able to dominate as the host club because they're probably one of the one of the host clubs that didn't want to host you know Quite i mean possibly. yeah yeah you know and, and at the same time you know we have to also understand the members want you know, members want the intersectionals. The ones that participate are really into the intersectionals. But even those members have to understand that that the course owner, while you're a member, the course owner is the one flipping the bill here. You know, mm-hmm. the memberships don't cover all the costs involved with yeah. running a golf course. So you can't just say, I'm a member, so therefore my club I should be. This. It's yeah. not your club. My club, nothing. It's not your yeah. club. It's well, the guy that owns clubs, the Except for private clubs. Well, yeah. But I mean, even the private clubs, some of them are privately owned private clubs. They're not mm-hmm. member owned private clubs. So um, you don't own anything any yeah. more than the OVJ owns anything or the OG, right. you know, Golf yep. Ontario owns anything. So, you yep. know, understand that there's a business being run here, too, and there's a compromise to be made. Definitely. And I 100%. think they figured out the compromise and good on them for doing that. So let's yep. go forward with it. You got um, a five-year agreement in place. Beautiful. Like it. Maybe maybe a new sponsorship agreement in place too. Who knows? Um, I didn't say it. next. Yeah. <laughs> Golf Ontario, yes, uh, has named the twenty 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 four Ontario Golf Hall of Fame honorees. You and, got uh, this is this is the time of year where we find out about those honorees and uh, yep. Um, some some notable names there i mean i will be it i'm sorry the the first name on the list i'm not as familiar with as the other I, two. I, hey I, I can i can throw it at you and edgar dodds hebron uh is in the builder category this is a posthumous award unfortunately she did pass away okay uh but Anne is a longtime rules official uh and not only that she's somebody who's taught the rules at various colleges uh she's just she was just outstanding as far as an, an official and as a person gave a lot of her time as well to helping others not only in the academic ranks in the professional ranks help them to understand as far as rules education worked hundreds and hundreds of events uh and uh, she's being honored as a builder cool and ashley chinner is a player ashley like ashley chinner ashley chinner yeah she played in the uh um Played in the flagstick open one year. He didn't make it. He didn't. He he. Oh, entered. that's her too. No, that's he right. entered and he didn't with, make it. Withdraw. Yeah, but yeah. Ashley. Yeah, I mean, if people love Ashley Chinner. Ashley is an amazing person. Um, glad to glad to call him a friend. And um, you know what? The neat part about Ashley is that you know he had an amateur career early on. Played you know Baker University, then turned pro. Uh, played events in 25 different countries during his almost 14-year pro career, uh, including being the low finisher at the Canadian Open in 1998. 
then turned amateur, got his amateur status back, has been a multi-time club champion at Coppinwood, uh, an Ontario senior champion, a champion of champions winner. Uh, while he was on uh, a pro, he won on the Canadian tour. I uh, played four years on the, on the corn Ferry tour. I mean, you know, his resume the list goes on itself. and on and on and on. It, it yeah. does. And then on top of that as well, which is not recognized so much as far as a player, but more towards his character. Uh, he's a valuable resource in the industry, serves on the Gulf Canada Governor's Council. Yeah. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing that speech in, in May. Should be good. And, and uh, on the media side of things, the Lauren Rubenstein Award, uh, the prestigious award that you received uh, not too long ago, ago. Yeah. Um, is uh, the honoree is, is uh, RT, Robert Thompson. Yeah. Robert Thompson, who uh, you know was uh, glad to to be recognized, was sick as a dog this week when when he heard about it. Uh, he was part of our. our I'm our looking forward to that speech. Our buddy. yeah, that could be a fun one as well. And and uh, uh, RT, um, you know, graduated from journalism school back in '97, started a newspaper side of things, and then moved over to golf. Uh, always a guy who will speak his mind for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, wrote, I think, seven books. Uh, and has been a constant now, obviously a principal and part owner of, of uh, uh, Match Play, which, you know, obviously works with lots of golf courses around uh, North America and, and the world, uh, creating, uh, you know, materials and, and so forth, helping them with their marketing. But uh, yeah, that should be a good speech. And, and uh, it's always a good room. In, yeah. in May is a fun time to be in that room and, and uh, you know, have those all those Hall of Famers in there. Um, it's it's really a highlight of the year, I know, for me, for sure. All right. And so just, RT, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I certainly hope that you do. But the speech better be good. <laughs> speech better be good. I'm going to make I, – I, I want to hear the speech, and the speech yeah. better be good. So you're making the drive to Uxbridge? Or if I'm going to make the drive to Uxbridge – which I'd, I'd love to do. The speech yep. better be good. So make it All good. Right. Start working Sounds on good. it now. Okay. Love it. Um, um, from the standpoint of the NCAA, um, yeah. this just seemed to be coming kind of a, a regular occurrence, right? That's, I mean, I'm, right. I'm, I'm really liking you this. Like it. You know, the Canadians and the success that they're having, um, you know, on a global scale with respect to golf, but also at the, at the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong. Lauren Zaretsky. Oh, Zaretsky. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Let, See, I got to try got... these names. I can't just. It can't and, be a smooth transition where I just no, say, but, like. And and know. and people write this name down, right? Uh, so, minus thirteen. Yeah. Minus yeah. thirteen to win the UCF For challenge. Holes. Yeah, at the at yeah. the uh, Eagle Creek Golf uh, Golf Club in Orlando. Yeah. Clarify. Um, it included an opening round of 64. Yeah, a little eight under to start the like day. There, there's how you start it off, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, come and get me kind of thing. At the like, there's here's my 64. I'm gonna go get a bite to eat, go have a nap. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, um, and uh, finishes about, off minus 13. Yeah, bogey free one at that. And, and, and that's and, the to, to know that is the fifth Canadian, yeah, to win a D1 women's title. This season, not the so fifth far. Canadian to win a D1 ever. title ever. The fifth no. to do it this, this season. season. Yeah. Like, come on. 
Yeah, so we had four in the fall, and then obviously oh, these are kind of the <laughs> these are the first events of the year uh, for you know the the spring season, and we're already starting out with that. And and uh, Lauren, if people don't know, is I mean she's just wild to watch. She was here at the uh, as playing as an amateur at the CP uh, CBKC Women's Open at Ottawa Hunt. She got to play her first LPGA event there. She was a fan favorite, very uh, animated, uh, powerful. She hits the ball a long way um not afraid to say what she thinks and really for her this was really big because uh she's been suffering some injuries lately she's uh, got some knee injuries but you know she managed to to make it happen she plays at uh, texas tech and um you know she's a, a red raider and that's where ludwig oberg for an example uh played golf there in lubbock texas and uh yeah she's doing doing her uh country proud and true and, uh, patriot <laughs> yeah so it's good to see and and we've got a lot more events that are coming up and if people want to uh you know kind of follow some of that we definitely uh post a fair bit about that on x as far as those those results so cool. uh good to see and congratulations to lauren the true north strong oh, <laughs> i can't handle it come on lighten <laughs> up lighten oh. up I need more uh, okay, Pebble Beach. Um, want to talk about Pebble Beach? Uh, did you watch? Here. I did. Well, I I, well, tuned, I, only I tuned in. I did watch on Saturday a little bit, yeah. and then I yeah. tuned in on Sunday to watch it. <laughs> I think count? it was about 15 minutes in. I realized I wasn't <laughs> watching the final round. I don't pay that much attention to all this stuff all over the screen and stuff, and then I'm watching it going, "Wow, that doesn't. Oh. The weather doesn't seem all that bad." <laughs> like, and, oh, and, oh that, that's the, why and the funny part was that sunday replay got three times as many views as lived did on their final round so yeah. <laughs> that's pretty bad nice, but anyway you know what nice signature event <laughs> yeah it was but i mean you know what you know, highlight wyndham clark shoots 60 yeah love it he had a shot you know one rotation of a ball from from shooting 59 but you know because then that would have been good because then someone someone would have shot 59 on both uh tours tours this week but i uh, you know what it, it's uh i mean here's it's the a thing. Of, this was a signature pebble beach yeah yeah this was a signature event right yeah i didn't really notice the difference other than that there were you know for traditionally the pebble beach pro-am doesn't have the rory mcelroy's and the scotty schefflers yeah. and stuff in it but i really didn't I don't know. I mean, I didn't really notice or feel like it was any different. I didn't know the the celebrity stuff didn't seem to get a whole lot of uh, airtime anyway. So it was really well. The, it was only two rounds, right? as we said, right? It was only the first two rounds. So as a result of it, it it didn't come through that. Which way. I think I mean, from that standpoint is great because I mean, frankly, on Sunday, I don't I don't need to be watching freaking Bill Murray and his his no. antics and you know some. No, anyway, I don't need to watch that kind of stuff on TV. I don't yeah. watch the celebrity golf tour stuff. I mean, frankly, it's made for TV garbage, and uh, I don't really care. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I love watching tournaments at Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach is just one of those courses. It's fun to watch the guys play. But um, I heard I, I did see some stuff on social going on about you know should should the world ranking points be taken away from players that played in that tournament because it was only a 54 hole event instead of a 72 hole event and live is 54 hole event and it's like oh my god what are we doing here it's a 72 hole event 
that was shortened to 54 rain. by weather. It wasn't a 54-hole yeah. event locked in at 54 holes. Right. I mean, Liv has had a couple of events that have been shortened to 36. So, I mean, mm -hmm. the weather delay, the weather has nothing to do with the ranking points. And, yes, you know, the people are going on and on about, you know, the ranking points mean nothing, and the ranking points this and the ranking points that. It's like, look, the ranking points are put in place for a reason, and they have a criteria. And the bottom line is right now, they don't meet the criteria. Live don't meet the criteria. So it's yeah. it's not like say like if yeah. Live wants ranking points, then yeah. meet the criteria and make yeah. that there's no argument. It's like when you're watching a UFC fight and at the end of the five rounds, they give the decision to somebody who who didn't deserve the win. And then Dana White comes on and he says this, and he's pretty candid about this. He says, Don't let it go to a judge's decision. Mm -hmm. And then you then you get to decide the outcome. Well, Liv, you get to decide the outcome. If you want ranking points as it sits right now, meet the criteria and yep, then you'll get it. your ranking. They're not going to, then they can't say no. What yep. are they going to do? Your argument is, well, we're 72 holes. We're this, we're yeah. that, we're this, we're that. Yeah. You're, you don't meet the criteria. You don't yep. get ranking points. Sorry. Well, Take and, your and money and why, run. Yeah. And that's why it's funny when, you know, Yako Neiman obviously, you know, gets a win and then sort of says, oh, I'm not in the majors. I want to win majors. Well, you made your choice. Do you want the four million or do you want whatever? So, I mean, hey, I mean, here's the thing. You know, if I'm not saying that for me, if someone came to me and said, "Hey, uh, here's here's uh, you know forty million dollars. We want you to come over here and do oh, sure, this instead of what you're fine. doing now." It's like, yeah. you know what? If I go sure. over there to do that and I give up everything I had and I'm doing it for forty million, then then that's fine. That's Take yeah, the forty million. I don't yeah. care. I don't. I don't think anything less of you for doing that. No, what I think less of deal. you is when you do that and then you turn around and, and start crying like a baby because you don't get what you had before and you don't have now that you're winning on yeah. some glorified oh. amateur tour. Um <laughs> everybody's gonna pile on because I just called Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm and a bunch of amateurs, but I'm not uh, talking about the players, I'm talking about no. the tour. Yeah, you're talking you know, about yeah, yeah, yeah. The tours, exactly. the tours like I was watching like um I guess Bryson's got uh, Paige Sporanic caddying for him in the tournament in Vegas coming up. It's like, I okay, doesn't Bryson have a, a regular caddy? Is that a social media thing? Is it a you know, uh, you know, know, has she ever caddied before? She's she's a good golfer. Yeah, she's you know? a pro golfer. She, she, I mean, sure, she, she knows how to caddy, but like, what does that all mean? You know, wearing uh, I don't know. <laughs> next okay next tiger woods <laughs> coming back okay i'm excited about this <laughs> um very excited about this he returns next week at the genesis um yep. and it's his first official appearance since the masters yep um and you noted you noted you noted that he's expected to debut um yeah a new clothing line yeah now, so do we have clothing... any uh do we have any inside no, information no. i mean no no more than anybody else i mean basically uh you know invitations went out to some journalists uh you know about uh a did you get an invitation not on that one so it was more from the fashion side of it more than anything so uh anyways the that uh that'll be happening started next week as far hey i could have been in phoenix right now it being poured on with the rain good thing i didn't go oh that's um, right I too i was uh, i yeah, wonder when I, that I was so you didn't go 
No, I didn't go. Did you see the weather? <laughs> did you I not did. go because of the weather? Or did you? Yeah, yeah, that was it. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew it was going to be 12 Long range forecast. Pour, you, you broke out the farmer's almanac and uh, checked <laughs> yeah. out the weather for Phoenix. Exactly. No, it poured rain for the, uh, you know, for most of the, you know, the two day portion that was supposed to be there. But anyways, besides that, yeah. So they're supposed to have the debut uh, of the product line early in the week because obviously, you know, he's going to be wearing it. So, uh, you know, it's hard to keep it under wraps so uh i'll leave it at that for now but is there an embargo uh, no so you know uh, nothing i know nothing basically Did, except that I it'll mean, probably say tiger woods on it somewhere i would or some there well be that's some his indication. logo that's his logo right that's not nike's yeah. logo that tw yeah. thing that's, that's no no his, he, brand. his his company owns that it's just whether he's going to use that or you know obviously there was speculation over another uh logo that you know circulated and whether that's going to be the logo but i would expect we're going to see that that tw show up maybe a charlie time. woods line of clothing too oh maybe at some point um anyways 374th PGA Tour start. I dug back through and had a look at that. 82 wins, 31 second place finishes, 19 thirds, 163 top fives, 199 top tens. Do you think he can get his 200? I think I not this week. Not um, this week. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't know. You know what? I'm I'm always optimistic about Tiger Woods, but but I can't. I I can't. Like I can't. He's still got to clean. He's got to clean up a lot of stuff. And you know, we, obviously, we got to see him. You know, kind of at the end of the year there in the uh, uh, in the Bahamas. But you know, it still you know made lots of birdies, but made lots of others. And stuff I'll tell you what hour. excites me more when you run down that list. What 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 the stat that's even more it interesting is the cuts made. Like when that's you talk crazy, about three hundred and seventy four career starts on the PGA Tour. 338 yep. made cuts. cuts and a lot of the missed cuts that he had in those 340 uh, starts came late in his career when he mm -hmm. was doing all of the um withdrawing and 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 uh coming back from injuries and coming back from this and that like the 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 uh yeah early on like, he didn't have a lot of missed cuts That's no sure. the 30 some odd cuts that he missed in his career um were came later in his career not yeah. early on and we're probably speared on by a little bit more by things you know less in his control yeah i mean um, people have to realize from 1998 to 2005 if you're not old enough to remember that he made 142 consecutive cuts on the pga tour which uh broke crazy that record. is just yeah that's my bottom is there any is there ever any argument else. i realize that he has only 14 of the 18 uh, 15. Or 15, 15 of the 18 majors to catch right. Jack and that chances are he likely won't catch Jack but, but when you talk about the goat he's the goat he's the goat I mean he's he'll he'll say that Jack's the goat and that's yeah, the humble of nature of, of him he'll say Jack yeah. and Arnie you know pave the way yeah. for them and and that's yeah. the right thing to say um Tiger but, is the needle. but at the end of the day, the numbers are the numbers and, and yeah. majors aside. Cause I mean, frankly, I mean, I, I know the, the players put a lot of, a lot into the majors, like as far as the, the, okay, you know, I won this many majors and mm -hmm. that's like, to me, that's like from a team perspective, that's like some, that's like a team saying, you know, this team is, is a team of uh, the, uh, the goat team because they won six Stanley cups. You know, as opposed to this team down here that only won four. What else did they do? How many wins over right. the course of their their 
uh, their existence cups? did they have? How, much, how many President's how, Cups did they have? How many playoff how appearance, right, appearances? Exactly. How many finals yep. appearances? Yep. And so yep. on and so on. Like, how many times were they in contention? Yeah. Only one team can win a Stanley Cup. Only one yep. player can win a major or any tournament week sure. by week. So you can't put – and the majors, are they really – is it really harder to win the Masters than it is to win some of the so other events a, on the PGA Tour? Field. I, I, that's what I would say is that, yeah. that in reality, some of the majors have a lower level of competitive field than mm-hmm. some of the regular tour events that are yep. the higher events, like the, the, the sure. WGC events and things like that. So is it harder to win? Like, it's not like Augusta is set up to um, like a U.S. Open where they can penalize you and, and plus one. Yeah, I mean, win. it's Augusta is a pretty... For these yeah, guys, Augusta is a pretty simple, a pretty easy golf course. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult test, but you have less. People there goes to get my past. invitation to Augusta. But yeah, you, you have less people to get past, right? So, I, I I think the other thing is, you know, it's not to diminish Jack because obviously Jack had no, you know, a, a lot of seconds, a lot of thirds, a lot of top finishes, things as well. But uh, how he changed the game, Tiger Woods did versus Jack. Mm-hmm. Jack obviously was, you know, uh, his, in his heyday, but Tiger Woods is in a different era. And I will tell you what. We knew Tiger was going to play the Genesis. He'd already said he was going to play the Genesis. So when his official announcement came this week, it was like he had never even said it. People were just so excited, yeah. you know, pushing stuff out or whatever. So that's just the impact. I don't think that would have happened back in the day where people, you know, when Jack was having his back issues and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a big deal when he won in yep. 86, the Masters. But it wasn't like everybody was like freaking out when all of a sudden he goes, oh, Jack is back. So yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we got to get out. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the, a little bit about our experiences in Myrtle Beach, the revitalization of Myrtle Beach as a golf destination. We'll get to that on the back nine. When we come back, you're listening to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. Do not go away. When you golf on Prince Edward Island, there are over 400 fairways closer than you can imagine. Not to mention countless miles of pristine beaches and a rich world-class culinary experience. So get here fast, then take it slow and play around on island time. Golf Prince Edward Island. And back we are uh, on the Flagstick Podcast with uh, myself, Jeff Botter, and Scott McLeod. Um, that was a, a nice break. <laughs> I was how long okay how long how long are the breaks that we take it's a it's a 30 second ad that shows up on the youtube and on the podcast but how long yeah. is the break actually well we have to make another cup of coffee and then Generally. come back to the and then some of us come back on time and some of us come back and all that you see is an empty seat and a hey, microphone but that, but that would happen remember remember you know doing radio shows and stuff yeah, yeah. over the years or whatever i mean you know somebody would be ready and somebody wouldn't sometimes they wouldn't be back they'd locked out of the studio room or something like that or whatever Crazy. So i i took the time to to check in on some of our social media and oh, I, God. I, this was this was funny i mean i love golfers i mean golfers are i mean you know our community is amazing and it's always interesting to see where their brains are but i happen to <laughs> i happen to look on the on the uh the post with the uh the changes to the obga oh boy changes the intersection no but here's the funny part there's nobody in there really talking about the changes in the intersectional there's a big argument going on about pace of play 
<laughs> oh, I saw that. They said yeah. with cat with caddies, they eliminate the caddies because the caddies um, turn the four hour round into a six hour round. I yeah. saw that uh, when you posted the initial going. when you it's posted the initial uh, initial thread yeah. or yeah. Uh, post. I yeah. saw like it's so it's still going. It's still going. There's still comments. Oh my on, gosh! So. Anyways, I mean, hey, everybody's gonna have their own opinions, but uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I I just thought it was funny that you know we post on one topic and then it it sort of devolves into welcome something to else. the wonderful world of social media. Yeah, the attention not... span of a fly when it comes to the actual <laughs> post. topic. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, that's great. But what about the pace of play? Right. Normally, normally it's people, you know, read the headlines and you have to say to them um, and they, they, they send you a message or something. Hey, what about this? And this? Why don't you just have a look in the story? It's actually in the story. I know you just read the headline, but I can't put a big headline with the whole story on it. So just, exactly. just read the Just read the story. So anyway. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All golfers, right. Love them. Well, we got some more stuff to talk about. We got, we, uh, we got some Myrtle Beach stuff we want to talk about. So let's get into the back nine here presented this week by Celtic Golf Center, located only 20 minutes from Ottawa in Kempville. Celtic Golf Center is an indoor golf at another level, featuring five, count them, five state-of-the-art track band simulators and two new Unicor Sims with GS Pro. Celtic Golf Center can now offer you 10,000 golf course options or more including major golf courses and some with island greens and beautiful azaleas. Mm -hmm. Play rounds with friends, practice with full swing analysis, or play golf games. Visit CelticGolfCenter.com to learn more or to book your tee times. You I know it. they're busy. so Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Back nine discussion. Back nine discussion. Tipping it up. Pulling out the big dog, ripping her down the middle of the fairway or into Have the Have you bush. ever been to Myrtle Beach, Jeff? Oh my god. <laughs> you know, many, it's funny. I haven't I have not been a while. so so much lately. I haven't been I haven't been anywhere really lately, you know, since yep. it's all 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 what happened. I haven't really traveled since, but I will. Uh but Myrtle Beach, we went we've been quite a few times uh to Myrtle oh, Beach. Yeah. We've played quite a few different golf courses. Now, albeit, you know. Uh, at one point, there were, you know, well over a hundred golf courses in Myrtle yep. Beach, and now I think they're they're down to about ninety, yeah, uh, which is fine. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, if they're if they're filling ninety golf courses, then they're doing well. If they're not filling one hundred and ten or one hundred and twenty, then that sucks. So, yeah, I don't, 90, I don't, right? yeah, and I don't think it was a case of them not being busy so much, but you know, they they got into a little bit of a land problem there. They had a real shortage of housing in Myrtle Beach, so people having to live far away to work in there, and you know, it was obviously very attractive for some of those uh, course owners to you know sell off some of those properties, and some of them, you know, actually they were land holding. Mm -hmm. They were basically, I know, one fifty four hole property for for example. They were just basically operating a golf course until they could they could sell it off eventually yeah. for a development. So, but yeah, it's ninety strong. Had a good chat with our our buddy Chris King uh, from Myrtle Beach. Does a lot of communications uh, for the group down there. Last Monday we did a quick uh, Zoom chat, so it got me sort of thinking about it. And he also, you know, provided a few tidbits as well as far as some things that are happening down there. But you know, before we get to you know sort of the revitalization. Um, obviously Myrtle Beach has been, you know, the Grand Strand, uh, you know, it's a big long stretch that's, you know, 60 miles, hundred kilometers long along the coast there. You know, it's well known for golf for many, many years. Um, 
before we talk about some of the changes and how things are going, what what are your kind of your past trip oh. memories and, and things from there? What are, what are the highlights that stand out? I know you mentioned one that was a unique, uh, very unique. Yeah. Um, so why don't you, why don't you lay that one out? you know, it was a trip, like, like a lot of golf trips, um, people take and other people can take the same trips. Other people can play the same golf courses. Other people can experience as much of the same experience that somebody else has experienced on their trip. It may not be this exactly the same, but it'd be very similar. Yeah. Um, this particular stop off, stop over in Myrtle Beach that we had, um, I believe it was actually on the way, we were on our way to the PGA show uh, mm-hmm. in Orlando. Um, yeah. And we had the opportunity to check out and play the, the um, barefoot, uh, resort, uh, barefoot landing courses. Mm-hmm. Now, you might say, okay, well, what's so unique about that? New courses opening up, you had a chance to play. They, well, okay. they weren't open yet. <laughs> they weren't open. They yeah. weren't finished. Yeah. Um, the golf courses, for the most part, were finished, but the right. property surrounding it was still a construction site. There was no clubhouse. Yeah. There was no... There was no bridge. There was no... Yeah, that's right, too. There was no bridge. There to was, get a, to, so yeah. everything about that trip, we went we showed when up. I, when I say bridge, people should realize that they are across the intercoastal waterway. So yeah. we had to take a highway that yeah, we had to go all the way around about to get there. Whereas now they have a bridge across the intercoastal that can be right. There was no, there. there were no housing development at the time. No. There was no, no housing development, so it was a very different look uh, sure, to what no we yardage saw. Yardage markers. <laughs> there were, yeah, no yardage <laughs> markers. Remember. They cut pins for us. Yeah, on the courses we played. Um, we had a printed uh, ad hoc scorecards. Um, everything and about did, it. I mean, what did we, we have for a golf cart? I was right too. If we you remember, we yeah, used a gator. Yeah, yeah, we used a gator. There was no. They didn't have carts. So everything about that trip. There's no way. I'm sorry. Anybody yeah. that's ever played barefoot landing, uh, yeah. the four courses there, which are a four fantastic golf courses. They are. You you will you did not and you would never and will never experience playing um, those four golf courses on that particular property the way we experienced it. We were the first media in the world yep. to play the golf courses. Um, yeah, we played uh, We played the die course. I remember particularly with no yardage markers because yeah. we were on the back <laughs> and that ain't easy. <laughs> and we had no idea how long the, it was to the fairway on the last hole, not realizing that it was And no range final. finders either back. Like, yes. N- there were yeah. no range finders, people. So it would have been easy if we could just pull a bushnel yeah. out and go at it, but or not the blue so tees. But, there um, was no markers, no. anything. And then we toured the love course with Mark Love, Davis's yeah. brother, uh, and design partner in an SUV. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't open and we couldn't play it at all or whatever. Yeah. So, and then we went back uh, when we could play yes. all the golf courses. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a unique way to see it. Uh, Dave Downing, who was the superintendent who grew it in at that point, still in touch with Dave. Yeah. You know, this is, this is 24 years later. Um, but yeah, it was a very unique way to see a golf course. That's for sure. And yeah. it's always fun. Yeah. But oh, it is. Great, and and, and to have those unique experiences, I mean, that's, that was great. So I, I yeah. would say Myrtle beach that that's probably, even though that wasn't really your traditional Myrtle beach golf trip to do mm-hmm. what we did, just the fact that we did that. And, yeah. you know, now years later, how popular those courses are and all, you know, yeah. it, it's uh it was a really unique experience. Now, 
that doesn't mean that we didn't have other unique experiences at Myrtle mm-hmm. Beach. Um, I, I do recall uh, one trip uh, where we stayed at the uh, we stayed at a condo on um, on the ocean uh, mm-hmm. across from the Litchfield uh, plantation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we played. Uh, was we a great played, spot. We played across the street at Litchfield that trip. We played True Blue. Uh, which was pretty Alabama. new, which was pretty new at that point as well. The True right. Blue Golf yep. Course, um, one of my favorites. Michael Strand's course, right? Correct, both of those. And Caledonia and Caledonia. Caledonia was awesome. Uh, the, yeah. uh, for an old fish plantation, uh, you know, indigo plantation or indigo plantation. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, but one of the highlights of that trip was when we played. Um, uh, we played uh, the Granddaddy. Oh yeah, and, yeah, 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 and uh, having the chowder on the on the My par legs. three, I think yep. it was like the second or third hole. Um, had the chowder, which was a big yep. tradition, the big huge cauldron, yeah, which, and, which is cauldron of chowder, yeah. and big and dog that, was there. That, that's the uh, that's the golf course, the clubhouse, actually, where Sports Illustrated was founded. For, there was a meeting that happened there, and I got to go back there years later and play it. Um, as a guest at a police services uh, memorial tournament, which was actually really neat. It was like 900 police officers from all around North America. And they had this big golf tournament in Myrtle beach. And one of the sites was at Pine lakes and, you know, they've done some renovations there as well, but uh, yeah, the granddaddy is always a fun one. Granddaddy obviously called that because it it was the, you know, the earliest golf course Mm -hmm. there in the Myrtle beach area used to be a big hotel there. It was a big resort along the, uh, the ocean. Um, but uh, yeah, a great spot as well. And yeah, I forgot about that with the yeah. uh, the chowder and everything. So oh, yeah. it was it was great. Now I know there's others that have had earlier earlier trips to Myrtle Beach in their life where they, I uh, believe there was a golf course that you had to take a um, uh, a tram. Oh, the ferry, the ferry. Yeah, oh, was yeah, it the yeah. ferry? Was it Waterway yeah. Hills well, yeah, or something a, like that? A, yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was a tram. Yeah, yeah. It's you gone, parked right? on one side beside yeah. a. Yeah. There was a club there. There and was then, a club. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they had a gentleman's club. Yeah. And the parking lot was there. And then people would say, "Oh yeah, I was went over to play Waterway Hills." Their parking, their car might have been in the lot, but they might not have went to. Yeah, Waterway they weren't. Hills. They weren't at Waterway Hills. Yeah. Um, anyway, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I the Myrtle Beach uh, memories can. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think Myrtle Beach. I mean, and and now maybe a little bit of a transition here. I think Myrtle Beach got a little bit of a reputation as far as being, you know, just a lot of golf, mm-hmm. right, and cheap golf. <clears throat> but I think what's changed over the years is that while the golf course number has gone down, you could stack that quality of the golf courses against any other destination. Oh, yeah, and definitely, I mean, you know, there's so many good golf golf courses, and it's hard to find that many. And when you start to look at, you know, all of them there, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think what's happening now, though, is that, you know, there's the uh, kind of the rise of so many destinations that get people's attention, your Bandons and Bransons and all Cabots and all that stuff. But people have to realize there's still a value proposition. But I also think that so 
you know, not everybody's going to be afford uh, be able to afford all those. So I, there's an opportunity here, and I think Myrtle Beach is sort of jumping on that. And especially with a group like the Founders Group International, which controls like 22 of the golf courses now, mm -hmm. they're spending a lot of money revitalizing the golf courses. And there's some new stuff that's happening uh, in the area that's going to bring back attention to it. And I think as a result of it, we're going to see that resurgence of people going, you know what? I haven't been like we're talking about haven't been to Myrtle Beach for a golf trip in a while. Maybe mm -hmm. it's time to, maybe it's time to go back. Well, why you don't know? we highlight some of the Scott? I mean, I know there's been uh, through your conversation with the, uh, with Chris um, yeah. that a lot of things came to light uh, from yeah. that conversation. Some things that uh, changing some, some minor, some major, Mm -hmm. um, why don't we just run through, I mean, we don't want to run through like a shopping list of these things, yeah. but there are some significant changes and some people might listen to this or, or, and, and think, oh, you know, I played that golf course 10 years ago. Yeah. That'd be a cool change. I'd like to go back yeah. and see it again. So why don't we just yeah. go through some of those sort of highlighted changes? Yeah. So I think one of the big things of why we're going to get, you know, some attraction or, or get some people sort of talking about Myrtle Beach maybe uh, again and, and maybe thinking about these golf courses. And like I said, we'll get to some of the renovations here is that there's a new PGA Tour event that's happening in Myrtle Beach. It's an opposite field event and it's going to be happening in May and it's going to be happening at the Dunes Golf and Beach Club, okay. uh, which, you know, not everybody gets to the Dunes because it's, it's a little bit more uh, private. Um, but as a result of it, um, it's going to get, they're going to get some attention. It's an opposite field event from the Wells Fargo, um, the Tiger Woods mini putt golf facility, which is not like any of the other mini golf, uh, mini putt golf facilities in Myrtle beach. Although, you know, it is pretty much the capital, uh, for, for miniature golf. Yeah. There's a new pop stroke facility that's opening there next month. I shared a picture of that, uh, I think, yesterday on, on X. Um, so that's going to kind of bring some things up. And then when you get to the golf courses themselves, you know, we'll, we mentioned uh, Pine Lakes. I mean, they got new greens and bunkers there. Uh, you know, they're trying to make sure that, you know, a golf course that's, you know, almost 100 years old is kind of, you know, kind of right up there. Uh, Polly's was a big one. Yeah, uh, they just reopened last fall. They did a complete restoration of all their greens, reimagined all their bunker complexes, remodeled the clubhouse restaurant, uh, and then they have a great deck that overlooks the marsh now. And you know, it was always a tough golf course before. It was a Jack Nicklaus design, but progressively, what they saw there was the greens would get were getting smaller and smaller, which you know made it tough, especially if you're. You know, if you're a tourist and coming down and maybe you're, you know, a little bit rusty, you haven't played golf in a couple of months, uh, they needed some wider, you know, spaces as far as that. So they redid the greens there. Uh, places like Long Bay, which, you know, used to be a really renowned golf course back in the 1990s and another Nicholas design, people would be like, oh, uh, you know, this is one of the must play ones you know, they start to get a little bit tired, right? Yeah. Um, so they installed all new Tiff Eagle greens last year, uh, brought back, again, all their uh, greens back to the original sizes and specs because, you know, mowing lines change over the years. Mm -hmm. um, Grand Dunes, another big one. I yeah. mean, even though Grand Dunes is not really <clears throat> uh, that old, they had the same sort of thing. They restored all their uh, – greens the original size and their specs they renovated every bunker on the golf course uh new bunker liners uh, renovated the clubhouse big wow. outdoor patio i mean right now i i just i just mentioned three you know and yeah. and they and and the word is is that you know 
FGI, for an example, is going to be spending more and there might be more acquisitions, who knows. Um, but as a result of it, this is going to push other golf courses to kind of do the same. And they see the standard starting to go back up. And if these courses are busy and they have revenue coming in, now they're going to be able to revitalize these and give these golf courses sort of fresh look to the point that if you go to them, you'll almost feel like it's a new facility and not mm. something that you played before in, in the 90s and, you know, in the 2000s. So well, it's interesting uh, just just yep. to to kind of um, uh, bring a little bit of of regional golf tie into what is going on with some of the changes to some of the Myrtle Beach golf courses is is a, a high-level course like TPC Myrtle Beach mm -hmm. um, has just completely renovated every bunker on the course, and they're using, installing the uh, Better Billy Bunker system. Right, which was which used is at what, was yeah. what they used at Redview to completely yeah. to redo their uh, their complete bunker project. So just yeah. to kind of let people know, yeah, look, yeah. This, this is TPC Myrtle Beach, and a golf course in your own backyard, you know, yep. at least in the Eastern Ontario region, has used the same bunker installing the same uh bunker system as tpc yep. myrtle beach has done so that just kind of gives you a little bit of a of a perspective there um you know what's good enough for mm -hmm. a tpc course is definitely good enough for a local course too right so yeah um yeah that that's uh is yeah, there I any mean, other is any yeah. other sort of uh um, i think i think one of the changes things yeah, I think the other ones are ones like uh, River Hills, which is up to the north side. I can remember almost getting eaten by an alligator there once. I, <laughs> may, I may have strayed off where I shouldn't have. Um, they've restored all their greens as well. Again, new bunkers. It's sort of that theme. There's a lot of the places that's what that's where they're doing. They're putting money in, remodeled the clubhouse. So we're starting to see yeah. that with a number of the facilities. And I think that's, I think that's realizing that current day golfers have a different standard uh when they start to see the facilities and that's you know an architectural standard that you'll see across everything not just golf so they have a different expectation and you know you don't want to all of a sudden have people come to your golf course and go eh that looks really tired right do i mm -hmm. really want to spend <clears throat> x here whereas if you go and you're like hey new greens new bunkers ooh, the clubhouse looks really nice or whatever it's not as hard to get them to kind of wedge their wallet open and pay a few extra dollars for well, it. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because, you know, the, the, I'm see less of a trend maybe. And I don't know. I mean, it's a financial thing, obviously it's, it's like anything else. It comes down to dollars and cents, but when you see something like that, now I know Myrtle beach is a huge golf destination and they have a, a huge booking system in place, you know, for, for, you mm -hmm. know, bringing people down and they're packing their golf courses and putting tourists through and so on and so forth. It's golf vacationers. Um, when you, what I see sometimes here is instead of, instead of making something better, you take something away. You know what mm. I mean? Like instead of, instead of fixing your bunkers and, and, or, or adding bunkers and trying to liven up your golf course to make it, you know, less tired, you mm -hmm. take bunkers away to mm -hmm. you, you change the golf course in a way to make it easier to maintain it. Yeah. And, 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 that, and in essence, taking, you know, taking an expense away and adding mm -hmm. to the, and adding to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. uh, now, whether locally, you know, we run into more of an issue with staffing, which makes it harder to maintain um, 
it's harder to maintain a golf course that has 50 bunkers on it because mm-hmm. you don't have the staff to, you know, to look after them. So you get rid mm-hmm. of the bunkers and change things to make it so that you can handle that with less staff. I don't know what the answer is there, but you yeah. know, I always, I always, uh, uh, Castleview golf course is one of those that, and, and, uh, and Canadian golf club has done this as well. And there's others. So I'm just mentioning those two because they're top of mind, but I recall with Castleview, Castleview is always doing something. Right. Like there's always, there's always a, um, a change. There's always a fix. There's always an addition. There's always a project going on. So year after year after year, you always have something to talk about, Mm -hmm. something that you did differently. Well, we, we, we made these greens bigger. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we cleaned up over here to make it more playable. We changed the route of this hole here, or we added another T deck here, or we put in new signage or we do like, I mean, maybe lesson to be learned, but the Mm. smallest project, if you, you know, you have something going on, you have something to talk about, right? Yeah. And I think that was not, you know, and I wouldn't call that or characterize that just a local issue that I would say that was North America wide and worldwide. There's a lot of places that became very complacent. Hmm. It was a case of, Oh, well we're here and people will just show up. Um, Sometimes not reinvesting, not having a long-term strategy of needing to reinvest. And, but I, but as I mentioned, you know, with Myrtle beach, the push by these number of golf courses to do this is going to push others to do that. So so. if I look, so if I look for an example in, you know, Eastern Ontario, I'll I'll look to the Quinty region for an example. And obviously black bear grew into prominence as a, you know, high profile golf course, um, well, as a result of that, and yeah, you know, partly, obviously, it was internal as well. It's not obviously uh, just pushed by the competition, but we could see changes happen next door at Trillium. They they did all their paths and stuff there, and then and then what we're seeing then down at Bay of Quinney, which is a you know 103 year old golf course. Well, now they're growing with new ownerships to you know they'll have 27 open this year. They're growing to 36. They they've now created uh, stay and play properties that are there at the same time then you know timber ridge is obviously sees that competition they saw people not going as far to brighton you know from eastern ontario they were stopping and and playing in belleville so you know they finally renovated all their bunkers and did stuff so you know there has to be a little bit of a competitive push and Mm -hmm. they have to see that you know others are doing that and if we want to be competitive we're going to have to step up as well um and but it's just nice to see for myrtle beach because you know there's so like as we said there's so many good golf courses so many good properties and it's just nice to see that uh, revitalization you know resources being put into that and i think as a result of it we're going to see you know golfers that you know maybe it's the next generation of golfer because really that's who it is now really they're going to see that you know the golfers that you know were the, went there in the 70s the golfers that went through in the 90s and the 2000s now we're 2024 mm-hmm. we're on to that third generation i know golfer, yeah. right so yeah. it's going to be up to myrtle beach now to realize okay we have to attract those new golfers. What do we have to do to get the 2024 golfers? We're not marketing to our, you know, their parents or their grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the 90 year old guy in a, you know, a, a polyester jacket, <laughs> you know, you know, all those from back in the day. Right. Um, so they're going to have to do some things different and that means spending some money and using the resources that they have to make the, facilities aspirational that mm-hmm. people want to be back at them and and aspirational is really kind of you know the key thing there 
Man, was it the first time we ever went to Myrtle Beach? I know you'd been there before that, but yeah. the, the first time I went, there, I think it was like back '98, maybe. Okay. I, th- I think it was like '98 or '99. Man, okay. I think man, my man. first trip was '92, maybe '92. That's, yeah, that's a long time ago. That's a ton of time ago. We have yeah. to get back there. Well, guess what? I'm sure we have. We could just like, <laughs> call Chris up and say, uh, "Chris is Chris is the, the invitation is open." Let's, let's go back that. there. Thank let's you, go Chris. back there and uh, and check out some of these yeah. renovations and, and I agree uh, revitalization. We can talk yeah. about it. Yeah, awesome. Let's go see it. That's great. I mean, yeah, yeah Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So I, what I'll what I'll say to people is probably expect, um, you know, I'm going to follow up a little bit uh, on this a little bit more with Chris and, and seeing all the different changes and things that are happening. So um, we'll probably be sharing some content uh, in, you know, over the next number of months and then, you know, hopefully get down there as well and, and uh, have a good deep look and uh, first person and be able to share even more details, uh, you know, and be able to compare some of the facilities to what they were before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, cool. All right, that's exciting. That's a very exciting. And now you got me all excited about Myrtle Beach. There you go. When when uh, what time do you want to get in the car? <laughs> <laughs> we can get right you now. out of the rink right now. You, the you know, I you know, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I, you know, we always encourage people to uh, that are listening to the podcast to um to to help us out. Give us some um jump into the conversation a little bit here. I know it's not a live show where you can jump in uh, to, um, to, you know, a live conversation with us or on the phone or anything like that, but, you know, send us a comments, like tell us about your, your most recent Myrtle beach trip or the last time you went to Myrtle beach. Like we'd really like to hear some stories mm-hmm. that we can then, you know, on a future podcast, we can kind of expand on what we've done here and share some of those stories, um, you know, and maybe if we get enough of the stories, maybe we'll uh, pick one story that we really like and mm-hmm. and share share the details of it, maybe even and maybe even bring somebody on to talk about their their story and mm-hmm. and shoot you some goodies at the same time. Yeah, or, or tell us about another destination that you yeah. loved, or or tell us about a destination that you want to hear about, let's, and let's um, fuel the conversation here. Yeah, and and you know a shout out as well. You know, after our conversation uh, last week and and posting some different things on social media, uh, our discussion about uh, junior golf club shaming did get some attention. Oh. Did get some messages for some <clears throat> people who actually said, "Hey, I was a victim of that." and so forth so uh shout out to those people who uh stepped up and 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 shared their stories most of them privately mm-hmm. but um but yeah I, i'm glad that uh discussions that we had here on the podcast um they resonated with people and uh maybe gave light to a topic that a lot of people maybe hadn't been talking about before exactly lighten up people you're no better than anybody else you got it i hear that all right well you know what? It's a good place to a good place to stop. But um, before we wrap it up, just a flagstick open update for everybody. Um, as expected, yeah, because this was not unexpected at all. But as expected, the uh, the twenty twenty four flagstick open field of one hundred and twenty has been currently, and I say currently, stress underlying quotations, bold print, italicized, currently full. We have 120 players uh, registered in the field, and the registration is still open. At what point now we take 
the registrations come in and you're added directly to the waitlist. Now, to be added to the waitlist, all you got to do is register. You don't have to pay yet. No. Okay, you do have to give all of your payment information and stuff, and it's held in the system. If someone backs out, we start putting in off the wait list, and that happens all the time. So I guarantee you right now, if you are you know, on the wait list right now, there's a really, really, really good chance that you're going to get into the field. And yeah. once I put you in the field, then the, then and only then will you be uh, – uh, bill okay. for it. So yeah. don't think that you have to pay now and then I'm going to give you a refund six months from now or whatever. Like that's not how it works. You register, you don't pay, you're on the wait list. If I put you in, then you pay. So yeah. get on the wait list. Make sure that at least you've got a shot at getting in. Uh, we don't play favorites when it comes to the wait list. The wait list is a first come, first serve wait list. So who's ever first on the wait list is first to get in. That's how it works. So uh, no favoritism there. That's not how we do things. But uh, yeah, so just field is set as of now, currently, 120 players. And uh, for the uh, May 18th, 19th, uh, long weekend, uh, very excited about that. That would be, I don't know how many consecutive sellouts that is now, but uh, it's quite a few. Yeah, for sure. And, and a testament uh, yeah. to, to, obviously, we're really thankful of our uh, our partners with uh, uh, TaylorMade uh, Canada and Adidas. Canada just got uh, just finalized some some details with uh, with Adidas, so we know awesome. we've we've got everything set there. Uh, we'll share some details of what those registration gifts are going to be once we nail down what they actually are going to be, because um, yeah. it's uh, it's always hit and miss. Uh, don't know exactly what we're going to get yet, yeah. but um, it's going to be great. That I yeah, we're you. we're we're definitely grateful for that partnership. It certainly makes the Very event, much so. uh, you know, what it is, and uh, grateful as well that the golfers are are coming back and telling yeah. friends about it, and you know, they're coming from all over, which is fantastic. And I will say, just as a side note, um, now that the flagstick open is where it's at, filled, taking the wait lists. Guess what? The flagstick shootout, shootout, uh, which happens in July um, at Smuggler's Glen. Um, the uh, flagstick shootout registration will be opening very, very soon. Um, and that is a limited field event. So that's more limited than 120. I think we limit that one at 72. 72. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you might, when you see that pop up, get on it right away yeah, quick. Cause yeah. last year it was quick and this year I'm sure it will be even quicker. Yeah, and sure. we'll have some announcements uh, regarding that event and sponsorship and so on a little bit later. But uh, yeah, probably within the next couple of weeks, we'll open registration for the Flagstick Shootout now that the Flagstick Open is filled. All right. Awesome. Great show, Mr. McLeod. Thank Great you, show, sir. as always. Thank you to our sponsors this week, Metcalf Golf Club, Celtic Golf Center, and our presenting sponsor, Golf PEI. Golf Prince Edward Island is premier Canadian golf destination, boasting the most number of golf courses per capita in the country, with over 400 fairways closer than you can imagine. Top-tiered accommodations and exquisite culinary experiences. It is the easiest golf vacation you will ever book. Book golf vacations and tee times at golfpei.ca. Well, I certainly hope, we certainly hope you're enjoying hearing and watching us. Uh, be sure to follow across all social media networks, Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, Threads, Strings, whatever. 
And subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, like us and click the notification bell. Make sure you never miss a single episode. Get over to flagstick.com for more amazing golf can- content delivered every single day. And sign up for the free, free, free Flagstick uh, Digest newsletter. Get information direct to your inbox three days a week. And um, you'll love it. I guarantee it. Well, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Till next week, I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Remember, always go for the stick.